Welcome to Conversate, a podcast where we engage in conversation. Now this week, I, Kevin Bender, am sitting down with uh, Art Pontinen, a member and elder of St. Peter and Paul Lutheran Church. Uh, today we're going to talk about apologetics, defending our faith, and particularly uh, how the world uh, looks at reality and truth, maybe from an angle that's unhelpful to them. Maybe from an angle that's unhelpful to all of us. Now we're going to consider what reality really is uh, because of who has declared himself uh, to be reality. Now we hope you find this conversation uh, interesting and uh, explorative, and of course, we hope you enjoy it. Good morning, Art. Good morning, Pastor. How are you today, man? I'm waking up. How are you? I, you know, I feel pretty awake, actually. Uh, the cold weather kind of you know whips in my face and gives me that refreshing uh, wake up call I guess. The change of seasons. Yeah. Welcome to the UP. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was so nice there for uh, several weeks. I mean the whole summer, but then even into the fall, it really wasn't getting too cold. And then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. yesterday I guess it was, mm-hmm. uh, snow uh, started coming down. Well, pretty soon it'd be good sledding. Yeah. Are you? Uh, do you like the winter? Or? Yeah. 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 That's good up here. You get in the forest and it's covered with snow and you're on skis and it's, you can feel the presence of God. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Right. And the, and the beauty of the nature. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, folks, for, for those of you joining us, uh, not visually, but uh, audibly, is that the right word? Mm-hmm. Audibly. Uh, I'm here with my uh, my friend Art Pontinen. Art's uh, a member of our church here, St. Peter and Paul. He's an elder of our church. Art, how long have you been a member here? I don't even know that, actually. A member for about five years, but we spent our summers here for 30 years. So each summer we would we would drop in to the old church over in Hancock. Mm-hmm. So it's a long familiarity, but... We only joined when we moved here, of course. I got you. And where were you at that time when you were coming up in the summers? Where were you living? In Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Oh, hey, right on. The Trinity Lutheran Church. Very cool. Very cool. So, man, you, you, you come over the summers, then you move up here, you become members, and right away they're like, elder. Well, <laughs> if asked, you serve. Hey. So. Sure. Well, we're glad to have you, Art. And I'm uh, thankful you're here today. Uh one of the reasons, Art, I asked you to come on the show here is uh, you and I had a conversation, well, just real briefly, um, a few weeks back, where you had expressed uh, a kind of an interest or maybe even a, more than an interest, really a familiarity uh, to the point of wanting to share with others uh, in, the, in the realm of apologetics. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And apologetics, uh, if you haven't heard that term, it's not about being really sorry about something <laughs> and apologizing for it. Um, it's, it. That term is talking about uh, defending the faith, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of the, the, uh, it's the battle, I suppose, against uh, what other voices might speak uh, against Christianity or say, well, that doesn't make any sense. And you say, oh, no, it actually does. And mm-hmm. here's this, that, or the other reason why. And maybe uh, on an offensive front, apologetics is about exposing uh, the, the ideas of the day that aren't truthful or aren't valid, right? Would you say that's... Yeah, in my experience being a college professor, I became deeply aware that any intellectual perspective that is in harmony with Christianity 
is either implicitly or explicitly criticized mm. by, by the, much uh, of the educational establishment. And I think that that criticism needs to be responded to. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, Christians end up becoming a cult or being viewed as a cult. You know, a bunch of people with subjective feelings about a God <clears throat> and those subjective feelings aren't really part of the mainstream. So in America right now, I think we have a strange situation where a traditionally Christian society, mm-hmm. uh, Christianity is, I would argue, increasingly being viewed as almost a, a cult or a, a secret little club, particularly a club that isn't grounded in science. Mm-hmm. So if we live in a culture where science is the only way that we know anything about the world, well then religion doesn't teach us anything about the world. So the presumption that science is the only way to understand reality, uh, that, that, that position dominates the university system now. And I think it's a corrosive effect. It causes a corrosive effect upon young people and the society at large. Um, you know, there's plenty of studies that there's been a slow decline in, uh, in uh, belief in Christianity in America. Mm-hmm. And in particular, if you go to college, you become part of a statistic that increasingly doesn't believe in Christianity. In other words, if you go to college, somehow you come out and you don't believe. Mm. And I think that unless we directly address that issue, Mm -hmm. then all of the great preaching that happens, particularly at this church, the, 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 the preaching can be wonderful, but there is a corrosive, negative, campaign against genuine Christian ideas about the nature of reality in life. And I, th- I think we need to confront it. Yeah, okay, yeah. So just to make sure I'm tracking with the art, basically the more education you have in this country, the more likely it is you are to see Christianity as some sort of just folklore, hokey mm-hmm. kind of religion, not, not grounded in reality. And this is partly because Societally, we see reality um, primarily from the lens of science, mm-hmm. right? So science is the thing that's going to tell us what is true or untrue mm-hmm. versus any other, any other voice. It's the primary voice, right? And that's really kind of peculiar if you think about it because science really simply provides facts. And those facts don't really explain anything. Mm. You know, I, I always use the example in my classes of what is gravity? And I would start off the, the, that discussion by noting that from a Christian viewpoint, gravity is God's love. Mm. And this goes all the way back to, to the, the Renaissance with Dante, a, a, an Italian writer named Dante. He said when he looks at the stars in the, in the sky moving, and, and the regularity of the whole universe operating. What causes all those stars to move the way they do? What causes 
uh, there's, there's regularity, a cosmos is the word. It's not power, it's not an accident, it's love. But today, if, if you ask somebody, you know, what is gravity? Well, it's, it's just a fact, which, which doesn't explain anything. A description mm -hmm. doesn't explain anything. I can describe my wife to you, but you don't understand my wife. And I assure you, understanding my wife, who is wonderful, you know, is, a, is a wonderfully difficult thing to do. <laughs> yeah, so I, so I kind of hear what I hear you saying, Art, is uh, science maybe gives us language to talk about um, certain hows, you know, how does this do this, or how does this do that, but it's all still within this system. Like, science can't tell you the why. Exactly. Why does it do it this way? Why does it exist at all? Why are there laws? So, so kind of this, this realm of, of questions uh, that we kind of walk around at some point, I think, in, in a person's life, you wonder about. Mm -hmm. I mean, questions even, you know, that's, that's maybe more abstract, right, to the universe, but you can take those same questions and, and focus them in on yourself. Why am I here? Absolutely. Why do I exist? And I suppose science, what science is going to tell you, huh? It's something about an evolutionary process and you're just a product of, I don't know, that, that accidents of history? Ah. Would that be a fair, would you say? Yeah, there's two problems. Number one, that, that this type of science, and by the way, the, the science has changed over, over, over the centuries. So the assumption that it's just science is really a fundamentalist viewpoint which, which closes down discussion. Science is inadequate, but it also teaches us to be violent. Mm. And this is a provocative point. So please bear with me while I try to lay it out. You know, how is it inadequate? Well, gravity, you know, Newton sees the apple fall from a tree. Well, he can describe how fast it goes and all the rest. He can describe what's happening, but why does gravity happen? Why, why don't apples fly out into the sky? Okay. So one explanation is that the whole universe is a machine. If the whole universe is a machine, then what are we? Parts We're, of the machine? Yeah. yeah. Another explanation or a description or alleged explanation is that the apple fell because it was an accident. If the whole world is an accident, then what are we? Mm. So how we understand reality deeply affects how we live and think. And if our understanding of reality is trivial or violent, then Christianity makes no sense at all. Mm -hmm. Now, how can you say that science makes us violent? Well, uh, well, this is how, and, and you know, we're avoiding a lot of technical stuff here. Yeah. It's called scientism, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Uh, and that's in contrast to something called scientia, which is an earlier form of science. But to the point, if you believe that only science provides facts and only facts provide meaning, then there's a lot of facts in, that we can, we can encounter in life which are nasty. Okay. All sorts of, let me not list them in all their nastiness, but well, yeah. you know, murder, et cetera, et cetera. These are facts of life. Sure. If you're taught that facts are true and facts explain reality, 
and for example, murder is a fact, then you're taught that reality itself is violent. Mm-hmm. Also, if you, you focus on facts, then I can come up with a whole bunch of facts to prove that living in Houghton is lovely. Mm, okay. Uh, my brother who chose to, to retire in Florida might come up with a whole bunch of facts to say, I, want, I don't want to live in Houghton. So if your understanding of reality is grounded in facts, then, well, which facts do you want to pick? And once he started saying, well, which facts do we want to pick, then we start thinking about, well, who's going to win the pick? Oh, okay. So if you approach the world from a scientific viewpoint as science is understood today, if you approach the world from a scientific viewpoint, you're being taught that we live in a world that is truly violent, that violence is normal, and that how we choose to view the world is a matter of opinion or perspective that conflict. It sets us up for conflict. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, from a, from a Christian viewpoint, things like murder are not normal. Ah, sure. They go against the the fabric of reality as God has created the world to operate. Uh, Maybe what we'd call a God's design. He designed the world, created it to operate a certain way, like which we would see in the Garden of Eden. And then things that run counter to that now uh, would would be uh, not congruent with his design. That's kind of what you're saying. So murder is wrong. Yeah, and peace and harmony is the way the world ought to be. Originally, it's the paradise that has been lost. So the desire to recover the paradise lost, to recover the peaceful kingdom where the lion and the lamb lay down together, makes no sense to the person who thinks in terms of facts. It's my facts versus your facts, or it's black versus white, uh, critical race theory, et cetera, et cetera. Um, It's all these conflicting lifestyles. So if if you are a believing Christian, then if you're living in a society that believes that facts explain the world, then you are not in harmony with that society. And that society that believes in facts is going to view your belief in peace and harmony to be religious fantasy. Mm-hmm. <coughs> uh, uh, yeah, well, uh, let me pause you there for a second, yeah. Art, because I think, you know, as I, as I try to take this in and understand it, um, I think for me there's like this language of facts, right? The facts are similar... Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, they're similar to talking about gravity. Yeah, you can talk about the facts of gravity. They're kind of the hows of of how it works as we observe it, but it's not necessarily giving you the larger picture of how or why the universe is, exists, moves the way it does, right? More than that, it's rejecting that life has any meaning. Okay, yeah. So meaning meaning has nothing to do with it. That's something we impose. 
in our lives, you know, as we, I don't know, take whatever facts we choose and, and operate out of those, those facts. But, but you're not saying, so like we live in this world of, uh, you know, if people are following the kind of the scientific mindset, if that's their, the centerpiece of their worldview, then they're really concerned with facts. Yeah. And, and we're not necessarily opposed, as Christians, we're not opposed to facts, but we wouldn't necessarily use that terminology of facts, we'd probably say truth, right? Exactly. Facts are... <laughs> are facts, like, are facts little glimpses of a larger truth or reality that exists? It's that... an inadequate view. Okay. Facts are explanations only for the shallow-minded. Yeah, parts, just minuscule parts of a much greater whole. It's like describing a person and pretending that that description of the person explains what that person believes and how, how that person lives, lives his or her life. Okay, yeah. It reduces us to a, a, a superficiality uh, which denies the whole moral realm. You know, if we live in a world of facts, there is no meaning. Therefore, when a student goes to college and the student simply memorizes facts, then it's boring. Mm -hmm. And the question is, well, whose facts am I memorizing? And why am I being oppressed by that person who's selecting those facts? Mm -hmm. to, to my experience, the number of students that go to college today to try to actually better understand, better understand the meaning of life are viewed as being odd. And yet that used to be the whole purpose of, of education, to better understand. There's not, if there's nothing to understand, then all you do is accumulate facts, and particularly facts that might lead to making money. Yeah, that's kind of where mine was going. Okay. Yeah. But if you simply go to college to learn facts that will provide you with a way to live, then you, you are being taught to be a materialist mm -hmm. and a hedonist, a person who only seeks pleasure. Yeah. So it ends up that you seek employment and money at the cost of nurturing your soul. Sure. Now, if you say, well, okay, I believe in Christianity, I believe in the church, mm -hmm. and I go to college and to get a job, and the job will pay the bills and the church will take care of my soul. Well, that begins as a workable proposition, mm -hmm. except that your belief, your faith, is constantly being attacked by the scientific mindset that says you're not really connected with reality, you're just a subjective feeling. Mm -hmm. So the idea that religion doesn't explain reality, but science does, eventually leads to the demise of religion. Mm. And any adherent of And any meaning religion. in life. Yeah. In other words, you end up being taught to be good at going to the mall or being good about starting fights. Mm, uh -huh. But the whole idea of making the world free of violence to making the world what it ought to be yeah. uh, is, 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 makes no sense anymore. You don't talk about 
moral development as a person, as a child of God, because we just live in a world of facts. And that's called existentialism. Existentialism, we are free to make up our own minds, but there's no objective way to rightly do so. Gotcha. So this it's existential, existentialism is getting at that problem of why do I exist? Is yeah. That, is that the idea behind it? Okay. And without God or truth, the only reasons to exist are pleasure and power. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so, and of course we get to uh, um, the temptations of Christ, you know, uh, uh, materialism, uh, uh -huh. power, pride. Okay. You want to control the world. And yet, you're in this soulless vacuum where all the control leads to no satisfaction. Yeah, right. Or it leads to a state of, of sin. And for a Christian, my understanding at least, and Pastor, you can correct me if, we, if I mess up here, but my understanding is that sin is simply being out of tune with reality. I would agree with that definition. Yeah. Sin, you know, it's, it's funny, these concepts in, the, in, in Christianity, like the cross, for instance, of Jesus, um, or sin, you know, there are these words that um, one, one definition usually isn't enough, right? Mm -hmm. There's lots of different ideas about what Jesus was doing on the cross. Oftentimes we kind of go to the idea he was paying for our sin, right? Mm -hmm. um, but uh, some of the early church fathers would talk about uh, not so much from the, the, the idea of, of Jesus a kind of um, uh, substitutionary atonement, I guess is what we would call that, him mm -hmm. taking our sin upon himself. But they would see it actually as uh, the... Uh, kind of this fish hook for Satan, right? So Satan was trying to get Jesus killed, mm -hmm. and uh, Satan sees, gets this cross idea in his mind, ah, oh, I'll get him killed on this cross, right? And then this turns out to be kind of the, the reversal, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so not as much of an emphasis on taking our sin away, but more the emphasis on Jesus uh, destroying Satan, uh, kind of catching him off his guard. Um, uh, even uh, sometimes you hear in scriptures the idea of talking about a ransom, Jesus paying a ransom, which is strange, right? Mm -hmm. um, but Jesus will say that, uh, you know, I, I've come to, to give his life uh, as a ransom for many, right? Mm -hmm. I was like, well, what does that mean, that Satan was holding us all hostage? The idea is, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. or trying to. Yes, trying yeah. to, right. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, the one problem that comes with that idea is, you know, we don't we don't try and equate Jesus and the devil. They're not equals, right? <laughs> you right. know, it's not like a, a devil had one over on Jesus. But but maybe it gets at what you're talking about. Um, you know, this this idea of a scientific view of the world leading to either a pursuit of a pleasure or of violence. Um, the way that Jesus wins us back is one that. Well, it's in tune with God's reality, His design of the world, and how it's meant to work. Which means that Jesus is not going to take it by brute force mm -hmm. and violence, uh, and he's certainly not going to get there by pleasing himself, right? Which is why he takes up the cross. Why? Why it is this way of suffering? Um, yeah. Well, this is fascinating, Art. Um, I want to. I want to take us back. Um, just for a moment, contextually, mm -hmm. uh, for this week, because part of the reason I wanted to have you come out on the show is, you know, uh, uh, each week we kind of talk about what happened Sunday, where we're at in the story, um, uh, you know, what, that, what was our theme for the week, and this mm -hmm. week it was this, uh, the Battle of Jericho, right, mm -hmm. or the Israelites taking the Promised Land, and, um, 
you know, I, in my sermon, I kind of talked about this battle continuing today, mm -hmm. okay? And it doesn't for us look like a military struggle like Joshua and the Israelites. We're not going in against the Amorites and the Canaanites. It's not, it's not really a physical war that we're waging, I would say, today. But it's this battle um, for our souls, and I think very much against our minds, mm -hmm. uh, in which Satan, or the devil, wants to get us to believe in untruth. He wants to get us to believe in unreality. He wants us to, uh, to miss uh, the reality of what God is trying to show us, you know, about his world being a, a world of love and not violence. Satan wants to distort that or, um, you know, keep us distracted maybe yeah. um, from, from, from God's truth. And so this uh, idea of apologetics and in defending our faith with our minds is kind of key to that. Right? If we don't have strong mental uh, ground against uh, Satan's attacks, well, we're going to be somewhat easy pickings for him. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? And so, well, this is what we, you know, I think when Jesus says, and when the Old Testament says, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. There's a reason it doesn't just stop at heart. Right? Sometimes I think this idea of love and loving God, we leave it at, well, yeah, I got a lot of good feelings about God because he loves me, you know, mm -hmm. and that's great. You should, you know, or, or that's proper and right to, to have this sort of feeling of love towards God and knowing that he has that feeling towards you. Um, but we're also to love him with our mind. Mm -hmm. Love him with our mind. And that means, I think, uh, uh, to learn. I, to, to learn more about ourselves, our world, um, and especially to learn really the truth, which is uh, what God says about ourselves and the world yeah. as revealed in Jesus. But it doesn't mean, and, and I think you would agree with this, but tell me, I mean, make sure I'm right on this. We're not saying that uh, in this whole conversation that science is somehow inherently bad or evil. Nope. It's a good thing. Will we even say it's a God-given thing? Well, yeah, certainly. But... I think I think the contemporary definition of science as being the pursuit of facts uh -huh. is inadequate and leads to horrible consequences when it's inadequate. The, the devil is a fallen angel. Yeah. I would argue that science limited to facts is a fallen type, a deficient type of science. Mm -hmm. The... Uh, the wars that, that you were just referring to, yeah. you know, for the last 30 years, the culture wars have been big in the university. And some people argue that, well, they're over now because uh, the materialist viewpoint simply won. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that's historically naive because there have been uh, um, ebb and flowing of, of this battle going on for millennia. The, those culture wars, particularly, for example, between the, the, the socialist Marxists who teach in the universities and the, what is it, I think it's 3% of professors now are not of that persuasion. Is that it? Yeah, it, it, in the humanities, yeah. Wow. And it's really absurd. Um, but Christ is Logos, John, but also Agape. Yeah, so yeah. there's a link between 
reason and, and thinking mm -hmm. and love. Mm. And the link is that that, that, we, that which we believe, we love. Understanding occurs as a form of acceptance. And in personal terms, that acceptance constitutes an act of love. So a Marxist loves Marxism okay. as much as a Christian loves God. So the prominence of love in, in this whole equation is, can be really explosive, obviously, because uh, you know, a spurned lover isn't pleasant. Ah, yeah, sure. But we, we kind of forget that you know, it, facts, you, know, you, don't, you don't love facts. A fact is either accurate or not. But when you rise to the level of what do those facts mean, how does it explain reality existence? When you enter the realm of understanding, then love becomes prominent. And when love is transformed into power, Satan wins. Mm -hmm. And the traditional term for that, if you believe that, that truth is actually fact and power, then we have simply returned to the paganism that was rejected way back in the, oh goodness, well, well by Christ, of course, but, but within the intellectual, uh, the theological realm. I mean, Augustine uh, was a major uh, force around 400 AD who, who tries to explain that, why did Christianity prevail? Not only because, of course, I believe that Christianity is true, but that doesn't mean everybody does. Why were so many people convinced that Christianity was the way to go? Mm -hmm. Because it was the, a clear alternative to violence, mm -hmm. pagan violence. Mm -hmm. So uh, if, if to associate today's definition of science with paganism mm -hmm. may seem really kind of extreme at initial glance, but I, I think that there is a genuine correlation there. If you believe it's facts and power, then you have reverted back to a paganism that transforms love into hatred. And I think we have a whole lot of hatred going on right now. Oh, sure, yeah, wow, man, it's a... Uh... And, and it also makes a shift from, uh, from an optimistic viewpoint. To be a Christian, you're, you're an optimist. Mm -hmm. You know, people shouldn't have cancer, people shouldn't be harmed, people shouldn't be assaulted, because reality is properly wonderful. Yeah. So sin causes us to lose that qualitative life. And, so to believe in science as fact, I think that leads to a pessimistic viewpoint. And little wonder that we have so much trouble with, 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 with drugs and seeking, seeking, seeking love in all the wrong places as the song goes. goes. Yeah. Uh, so so f for those who are, who are in a Christian viewpoint, and more than that, love it and believe it. Well, thank goodness, because you've escaped that pagan violence. But I think we, we have to be careful to, uh, we need to recognize 
that although we have found what we confidently believe is the real view of life, mm. that position is constantly being chiseled away at mm -hmm. by screw tape, by 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 the the the, the worshippers of power and and pride. So we can't be complacent and say, we got we have the book, mm. we have the message, you're gonna believe it. The, the I, I think that there's a necessity to actively address the assault upon a peaceful mind and soul by the current definition of science. Yeah. You can't hunker down. You need, because otherwise you will gradually decay. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, right now in this moment, I think we are in that, mo that, that, that process of decay. And of course, Jesus. So, so I'm too sorry, would, but oh yeah, I, go ahead. Was it the armor of God was that yeah, last that's week? That's right. Yeah. Uh -huh. Pick up the armor of God, and fight. Not for some subjective feeling about a God that's wonderful, but for a a confident knowledge that oh, a confident knowledge that harmony and peace are real, and disease and violence are a deprivation of what God wants us to have. And I just had a thought that came in and popped out of my head again. Story yeah. of my life, our story <laughs> of my life. But no, I appreciate that, and I think that's a good note to kind of <clears throat> uh, close us out on is this idea that um, it's, not, it's not enough for us to just, like you say, hunker down as kind of, you know, okay, here, there's somewhat of a war going on, a battle, um, not only in our minds, but maybe even culturally, like you say, the culture wars where Christianity is on its way out mm -hmm. uh, of American culture. And we live, I think, in an area that is slightly behind that. Mm -hmm. It's a little, you know, here in Houghton, Hancock, and in the Keweenaw, and the UP, as a whole, probably a little more Christianized than, of course, like the coasts. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> but we see a trend that started on the coast, I mean, decades ago, and is working its way, uh, I mean, into the, into the heart of America and in areas that were more, uh, you know, uh, stronger in Christian um, uh, culture for a long time. Um, so the, we can't just hunker down in our own little private pockets. And Jesus wouldn't have us do that anyway, mm -hmm. because Jesus is always sending us out. Mm -hmm. Jesus, you know, he, he says, you are loved by God. You are mine. I'm, I'm with you. I will protect you. Um, you got to listen to me. That'll help you, uh, you know, for the protection along the way. Um, <clears throat> let me in. Let me guard you. You know, and that was Ephesians as well. We say it at, sometimes at the end of our sermons, right? Uh, or is it Philippians? Sorry, the, the peace of God. Uh, will, uh, the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds. Uh, I believe that's in, in uh, Philippians 4. But, um, but Jesus, he doesn't want us hunkered down. He wants us out, uh, but out confidently. Not only confident that that we do know the truth because we know Jesus, who is self-identified as the truth, right? Um, but out for the sake of the others. Mm -hmm. We know peace and harmony. Now, it might come intermittently because we also live in a fallen world, but mm -hmm. surely all of us have, have experienced those moments and, and hopefully uh, on a regular basis of knowing, I am forgiven by God. I am in a relationship with the creator of this world who has promised to restore all things. 
oh my gosh, like fills me with hope and comfort and, and joy. For anyone out there who is believing in science as their primary, you know, worldview, scientism we would call that, that science is the answer to everything, there's no hope. There's no long-lasting peace. It's, like you say, it's violent. It's, well, the strong will survive. One day I'm going to die. I'll never exist again, and that's it. Um, Can I interject with one thing? Please. Uh, you know, as a Lutheran, yeah. you know, we, the, the term sola scriptura is, is deep in our bones. Scripture alone. Uh -huh. But that does not mean a denial of attempting to actually understand, better understand the world. Exactly. It's not a rejection of science writ large. In fact, as a teaser maybe, um, uh, perhaps some of the viewers will, will, will think about this, to believe in sola scriptura, well, scripture provides a model for a science that actually rejects violence and affirms the numinous, the reality paradise in, in its fullness. The doctrines of the Trinity and, and the doctrine of the Incarnation are actually provide a model for science with meaning. Mm, mm -hmm. And we can't unpack that here, obviously. Yeah. We don't have enough coffee. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it, folks. It, we hope that, uh, that this conversation uh, has been helpful for you. Maybe it's been like, whoa, this, was a, this is heavy. This is lofty. What the heck are you guys talking about? If that's where you're at and you have questions, uh, please reach out to myself. Reach out to Art Pontinent. Um, he's got a lot of uh, experience in this realm of apologetics, of understanding faith, not only uh, 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 scripturally, but really in a, I mean, in a worldly way, would you mm -hmm. say? In a way that it's, it's not just Sunday and it's not just in our huddles, our holy huddles, mm -hmm. but in a way that this impacts everything absolutely everything um so yeah please please reach out to us um and uh well we hope that uh, that you come out of this conversation uh realizing and recognizing that uh that the reality of this world is created by god through jesus uh, jesus has declared himself to be the truth and the more that we uh listen uh, to jesus uh, learn from him and confidently explore our world with his, uh, with him with us uh, uh, The world will I think start to make better sense to us and we will have more optimism and hope uh, because we know that he's Doing something about it as well the corruption. Amen. So, awesome. Well, thank you art again for being on God be with you and uh, Yeah. So long. Bye